0: Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. The podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm finally feeling like myself. So a couple of things. First, I want to thank everyone who reached out after last week's episode to share your condolences with me and my family and just to check and see how everything was going on my side of the street. So, thank you so much. I also just want to say, you know, there's a lot going on internationally obviously with everything that's going on in Afghanistan, and I just want to extend a note of support for our troops and the families of our troops i had a lot of friends serve in afghanistan and thankfully they've all made it home okay um but you know there were there were certainly a lot of lives lost recently and i think it's important that we acknowledge the sacrifice of all of our service members not only just in the united states military but i mean around the world but specifically for my own country and the sacrifices that our military service people make every single day. I just want to extend a thank you. And regardless of where you sit, where you live, what you believe, we should all be able to say that we appreciate the sacrifices that others are making for our freedoms and our rights. So um, thank you. For this week's episode, I just want to mention... First, almost as a preface, that this is not going to turn into a political discussion. This is not me forcing my opinions on you. You, as an individual, are you know you're entitled to free will and and your own choices. At least in the United States, we have that privilege where we have the uh, the right to decide what we believe and what we share and what we do. Um, at least. On the topic of vaccines so i just want to lay the groundwork there that this is not me pushing an agenda i'm really going to talk about the vaccine from a business perspective i'm not a medical professional i'm not um, an expert on you know epidemiology or anything like that but i can share with you what i do know and for those of you who have been along on this journey with me for nearly a year now you know that covid has completely changed my job and my role as an HR professional. And so there, I'm privileged, I guess, to have been required to know everything that goes on with the vaccine, with the regulations, with the requirements, mandates, etc. So I'm only going to speak from the, the perspective of which I feel most confident and from a business context, not not from a medical perspective and I should also say that if you have any questions about the vaccine, maybe you um, you know really don't feel like you have a ton of information I will share as always some uh, information in the show notes, mostly CDC information and things that are reliable neutral sources and I encourage you to speak with your doctor if you have any questions related to your own personal and medical, um, history and experience and how the vaccine could benefit or impact you so it should not be in news that there are many companies requiring the vaccine in order to return to the office as a general requirement for employment etc cetera, etc cetera. and weeks ago i don't even know how many weeks ago i talked about covid and requiring the vaccine and how this could impact employment. And at that time, I was like, you know, I don't think that businesses should even get involved. I don't know that that's really where businesses should, you know, that's not the hill that they should die on. But I have since changed my mind. And I've changed my mind for two reasons. The first is employee health and safety. And the second is business continuity. And so as I mentioned in my little preface before, this episode is only going to be focused on the vaccine from a business and like personal health and safety context because that's that's where my expertise allows me to speak on things like this. Um, Again not a medical professional this is not medical advice and I'm certainly not advising companies one way or another but merely just sharing my opinion. So the first thing is From a health and safety perspective, companies are obligated, they have a requirement to ensure the health and safety of their employees. Before the pandemic, health and safety really looked pretty different. It was about making sure that people had time off, making sure that if people were injured at work, that they went through workers' compensation. I mean, all of those things, right? If someone needed a leave of absence, making sure that they had those resources. I mean, health and safety, was all of that and it was also things like making sure if you're climbing a ladder that you have three points of contact that you have two feet and one hand on the ladder at all times and all of those health and safety measures and obligations remain true today even during the pandemic but the pandemic obviously COVID-19 really changed the playing field for businesses in determining what their requirements are for health and safety related to a global pandemic. So obviously, fundamentally that means making sure employees aren't coming to work sick. If they do test positive, that they're not coming into work and that they have the time out of the business. If they have symptoms, they're out of the business. If they're if they they got vaccinated and they need time to recover, that they're out of the business, right? All of those things have been changes or impacts for employers since COVID-19 became um, a really major issue and pandemic across the world. So with all of this understanding of health and safety, we also know that employers who are not ensuring health and safety of their employees or the health and safety of their employees, that they could be deemed to be negligent. So even if you think about a, a sexual harassment investigation, that's a health and safety issue. If a company is aware and doesn't do anything about it, they're negligent. So translating that into COVID, if companies have an opportunity to ensure the health and safety of their employees, they're going to have to take advantage of ensuring that. And so when we think about the vaccine, we know that the vaccine is really one of the most effective measures in preventing serious or deadly symptoms when someone catches covid the vaccine has never promised to prevent catching covid it's only promised to effectively reduce death and serious symptoms as a result of catching the covid19 virus so from an employment perspective if we have an opportunity here to reduce death or serious symptoms by mandating that every employee receives a vaccine, this from a business context makes a lot of sense because this is an opportunity for businesses to say, I'm mitigating risk to my employees, whether they're immunocompromised or not, because everyone needs to get a vaccine, and this way we can say we've done everything possible to reduce the possibility of people dying or having serious symptoms as a result of catching COVID. And in the same breath, employers are also trying to get employees to return to the office, but employees don't want to necessarily return to the office because they don't feel 100% safe. Well, how do you make people feel 100% safe? You require things that you know are effective at keeping people safe. And one of those things is the vaccine. The New York Times actually published an article in August um, basically showing the data on breakthrough cases. And of the fully vaccinated people, less than 3% of the hospitalizations nationwide were of vaccinated people. And less than 1% of the deaths nationwide were vaccinated people, meaning that 99% were unvaccinated um, and died. 97% of hospitalizations were unvaccinated people. That's how the data breaks down. And I mean, for a business to say that we can mitigate risk so that 99% of people who are working for us will will be safe from the virus right like if we translate that only that less than one percent of people who are vaccinated die from catching COVID as a breakthrough case then a company can say if every single person in our business is vaccinated then that means that our employees will remain healthy and alive I mean that's clearly something that a company would want to leverage in order to mitigate risk right just from a business context alone if there were uh you know god forbid an issue where an employee at work caught covid and died i mean a business doesn't want first of all want that to even be a part of the reality but they certainly can't say that they prevented that from happening if they don't require or mandate certain health and safety policies like getting vaccinated as one example the CDC actually breaks down by age, the risk of um, hospitalization and death by age group for COVID alone. And the reference group was 18 to 29-year-olds. And the th- just the 30 to 39-year-old group alone is four times as likely to die from COVID. And it only goes up from there. If you're 85 or older, it's 600 times. Hospitalization for the 30 to 39-year-old group is two times. 85 year olds and up 15 times so we're looking at hospitalization and death and i should mention that this is based on unvaccinated people i mean that's that's an incredible amount of risk why would anyone as as an employer why would any employer want to put their employees at unnecessary risk when they're saying hey we need you to come back to the office and an employee says that you know they're unvaccinated, they're, you're inherently putting that person at risk because an unvaccinated person has a 100% chance of catching COVID. Like there is, what, masks or not, they have the opportunity of being seriously or fatally impacted by COVID. It's just how it is, right? So knowing this, I think it's helpful to know as well that the average age of the workforce um, based on 2019, is actually 38.9. So recognizing that that's the average age, so there are certainly older groups and there are younger groups, that the average age being 39, I mean, we're talking about a risk factor of potentially four times as likely of dying from COVID when unvaccinated compared to someone who is vaccinated. So an employer would be totally crazy to take those risks and not require a vaccine when they know that the vaccine is actually effective at reducing the risk of death or serious symptoms. So moving on to the second point, I guess, in this whole why it makes sense to mandate vaccines topic is that employers' number one concern outside of their people, because number one, people should be you know, top priority, right? That's hence the name of my podcast. But really, the other thing is business continuity. Businesses can only run if there are people to run it. This is the foundation of this podcast. And businesses have a real challenge in front of them, and we're working through it now, that there are fewer people in the workforce, And when they are in the workforce, if they get sick, we still have to follow these mandates. We still have to follow these regulations and requirements. And there is a strain on um, the business continuity and the, the way that businesses are able to continue to operate. So when you think about, let's say, even a year ago when there were no vaccines yet, we were, I mean, you remember my story. I think it was literally this time last year where we had, I don't know, 70 people out of the business because of symptoms or positive tests. And we were we were doing everything by the book and there were other employers who were not. And so recognizing that, I mean, that is a significant percentage of a business. So but let you, whether it's Target or my current company, anything more than like a normal amount of people out of a business on a day, is stressful enough, but to have 70 to 100 people out of the business for 10 or more days, depending on the situation, whether it's symptoms, positive tests, or direct contact, I mean, that puts an incredible amount of pressure on an organization, on a business to operate. So businesses actually can't afford to have people out of the business longer than, longer than they need to be. For example, when people are vaccinated, the CDC recommends that if someone is symptomatic or has had direct contact, that they get tested within three to five days after the contact, or if they're symptomatic, to just get tested, period. And that a PCR test is really going to effectively show whether or not you are um, COVID-19 positive. So those things have helped maintain business continuity and allow employers to return employees to come back to work you know at an appropriate time while also maintaining the health and safety of others but when someone is unvaccinated no matter what even if they test negative a million times they cannot return to work earlier than 10 days if they're symptomatic or earlier than 14 days if they've had direct contact so that's two to three weeks in terms of like business days. That is a whole lot of time for employees not to be contributing to the business. So again, this is only looking at the vaccine from a business context using the the facts that we have and the information that we have. And any business that can tolerate two to three weeks of one employee at minimum being out of the business you know, props to you if you can maintain that and, and you can tolerate that as a business, but it's completely not sustainable. It's completely um, detrimental to the continuity of the business. Now, obviously, if someone is sick and whether they're vaccinated or not, they shouldn't return to work until they feel well. And that's one thing. But again, the vaccine is a proven effective measure at reducing serious or fatal um repercussions as a result of COVID. So why wouldn't a business take on that opportunity to prevent those serious consequences and to ensure that their business can continue to operate as normal even if the person has to be out for five days, let's say. That's much more tolerable than 14 days or 10 days. So I hope that you can appreciate where a business would potentially see the value in mandating a vaccine. And companies specifically have an opportunity to prevent uh, instability in their organization and to prevent health and safety risks to their employees. So it makes total sense that they take advantage of that. Also, I think it's absolutely going to skyrocket that that companies mandate the vaccine now that the FDA has approved the Pfizer-BioNTech Vaccine. Um, I think that a lot of people were probably waiting for that. It's here now. So you know, the majority of Americans have received the vaccine. One hundred and seventy-one million people, I think. So it's like sixty some odd percent. Um, but we're we are not out of the woods yet. So now with the FDA approval of the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine, I imagine that more and more companies are going to take this stance that it is required. I know that there are probably people who are listening to this who have not been vaccinated and who do not want to get vaccinated i'm not telling you what to do but i am letting you know that i anticipate this is going to be the the thing to expect from employers moving forward because from a business context like i said i think it makes a lot of sense that the vaccines are being mandated especially since the fda has now made its first approval um and Vaccines are obviously, they're totally free. So I know that there's a lot of discussion out there, from what I've seen at least, that this could potentially impact people from a DE&I perspective. But I think one of the biggest discussions when it comes to de i is access and equity. And the vaccine is the probably the most equitable thing that has been distributed by uh, an organization, by a government By anyone because the vaccine is 100% free. COVID tests are 100% free. I know that there are some rapid tests that cost money if you go to like urgent cares, but they are 100% free. So there are probably going to be organizations that have stipulations if you're not vaccinated that you work remotely until you are vaccinated or that you subject yourself to testing requirements. All of those things are free. So from an access standpoint, There is no limiting the workforce from an employment employer perspective. As far as I can see today, maybe my mind will change again, but as far as I can see today with the equitable access to vaccines and COVID testing, um, you know, the only person that would be limiting the individual from having an opportunity to be employed is the actual person looking for a job because if you know that a company is requiring vaccines and you're not vaccinated yet, you do have an opportunity to go and get vaccinated for free without having any limited access or inequitable, you know, experience. So, that's at least from what I can see today, and I know that this is potentially not an option for everyone because there are religious and medical accommodations which will always Be uh, a part of this process. So, like, while companies require the vaccine, or if they decide to require the vaccine, they do still have to go through an accommodations discussion if someone has a religious or medical accommodation request. So, even if it becomes a condition of employment as a mandate for the employer, if someone has a religious or medical Uh, reason not to get vaccinated, then the employer will have to go through the accommodations and interactive process, interactive discussion as part of the ADA, at least in the United States, again, but in most countries, and especially in North America, this is true. If someone has an accommodation need, you have to go through that discussion. I should say, though, even if you do have that need for accommodation, it doesn't mean that the business has to accommodate you. You should know that. Reasonable accommodation, as we've discussed on previous episodes, is a requirement for the employer that they have to reasonably accommodate after understanding what the needs from the employee are. But they, if it's not reasonable, they, as the employer, are not necessarily required by law to make that accommodation. It's fully dependent on what is considered to be a reasonable accommodation. So take that as you will. I hope that you can appreciate the facts and the thoughts um, shared here and the perspective from a business context. Again, reach out to me if you have any thoughts, questions, or opinions. Thank you so much again for being here. I will see you next week.